We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. might not need one, no one, or maybe you need someone. What's going on, everybody? It's another Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. We've got a great show for you tonight. Got a couple of craft beer guests that are going to be joining me, talking about the business of craft beer, because, of course, with the coronavirus uh, that is um, spreading across the United States like wildfire, and the epicenter right now is New York, New Jersey, California. Uh, these are the hotbeds right now of where the coronavirus has spread, and uh uh, the brewery uh, landscape has shifted uh, for a lot of these guys. Uh, there are um, a number of them, actually most of them, I would say, are trying to do uh, to-go sales. Tap rooms are not open. These guys are small businesses that are trying to survive, and we're going to get into all of that in terms of the business of beer. Uh, coming up uh, a little bit later on the program, we're going to have two guests that are going to be joining me. I'll get to that in just a second. You can follow me very easily on Twitter, at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash A-G Craft Beer Cast, via email at Albert G at NYC Radio.com. Uh, don't forget iTunes, Google Play. Uh, AG Craft Beer Cast, just do a search for that. You can find the shows, Alexa Ready, Radio.com, and we're also on the Hopped Up Network, uh, HoppedUpNetwork.com. You'll find my show along with a number of other shows on there that you can listen to at your leisure. Now, coming up in 10 minutes, Sean McNulty from the Selling Craft Beer Podcast is going to join me to talk about the business of craft beer and how it has affected breweries. We'll get into some other stuff as well. And in 20 minutes, Eric Orlando, who is the executive director of the Brewers Guild of New Jersey, one of the groups, or should I say a faction, it's a long story, it's a lot to get into, that represents breweries in New Jersey. He represents some of the bigger uh, breweries that are in New Jersey. And I know that sounds like a political infighting, you're favoring people, this and that. Eric was the one who first uh, got in touch with me earlier in the week about something that went on in New Jersey, and we're going to talk about that uh, during the course of the program. That's coming up in about 20 minutes from now. But I wanted to dive into this beer news because this is a big, big deal. So according to the survey, a survey that had been taken by the Brewers Association of America, 90% of breweries said COVID-19 had already impacted on-site sales of their businesses. Just a little under 60% said it had affected distribution orders. Close to 90% said it had manifested and canceled events. Just 1% of beer companies said they had seen no impact. I assume that 1% is in small areas that have not been affected by the coronavirus and are continuing to keep their businesses open. Um, This is going to be a big deal. Uh, Breweries are going to lose uh, a lot of money in the next month. 95% of breweries say they expect their sales to decline. 
2.6% anticipate being flat. Just 1% said they anticipate sales to increase. Um, nearly a quarter of the brewers, about a qu- about 25% said they had stopped production. 64% said they had slowed production. Uh, just under 10% said they had not made any changes. There have been a lot of places that have furloughed or laid off workers. Uh, Deschutes has laid off a bunch of people. Russian River, McMenon's. Uh, Night Shift Brewing announced it wouldn't lay off employees, but did institute a furlough program for every department to reduce workload and pay for many, but enables our staff to file uh, for unemployment. Uh, uh, this is something that we are going to uh, see continue. Um, uh, th- you know, there are talks about um, how the unemployment rate could reach 20% um, before, uh, by, by the summertime. I mean, this is a big deal, folks, um, and this is affecting brewers across the nation. It's not just uh, locally in New Jersey uh, or New York, but this is all over the country. And so a lot of these breweries, what they're doing is they're trying to do to-go sales. They're putting their stuff, they got their stuff in tanks, it's ready to go. They were kind of staggering it to get releases, but now they're trying to get money now, so they're getting those things out there. And a lot of what they're doing is obviously canning, and they have those uh, available, but a lot of what breweries are doing are doing crowlers as well. But here's the problem now. Now that things are shut down, uh, crowlers, they're 32-ounce cans that are filled and sealed on demand um, to sell their beer that's, you know, in the keg. Well, it turns out uh, Ball Corporation is entirely out of stock of crowlers until April, and they are the only supplier of crowlers. Um, uh, Ball manufactures crowlers quarterly. The unprecedented shutdown is from Brewbound. Uh, of all on-premise consumption in the U.S. could not have been forecasted. Uh, Brewbound has tried to call them. No response from them. So this is going to be a problem. So crowlers are going to be out for quite some time until production can ramp up again. Uh, and so now what are you going to do? Um, you're going to have, uh, you know, they're, they're also a lot of these breweries are talking about selling growlers, but only their growlers because they know that they're sanitized. So now what's going to happen? I think what's going to happen is you're going to see people bringing their growlers in, and I think the breweries are going to have to sanitize them to make sure that they're not, you know, if there is an infection on it, giving them infected beer, of which not not beer but the glass container itself, that they're now spreading to other people. I think that's where we're going to pivot here in terms of uh, filling beer to go for as long as these people can make beer. Um, And this is a big problem. A lot of these breweries need money. A lot of these breweries... uh, are in dire need of income because a lot of their a, a lot of their um, sales come from people coming into the tap room. So without the tap room sales, that affects their bottom line. Now, one story I want to highlight because I I didn't realize I was going to have two guests this week and I'm going to be running out of time and I I, I may end up uh, bagging suds and duds for this week and moving it to next week just to give a little bit of extra time to our guests. So um, here's what happened. Uh, One brewery, Brian Kulbacki, who owns Departed Souls, tried to do something really nice, not only for himself, but also for the people in Jersey City and the small businesses that were affected, right? Um, So he created a website on Wix that would allow um, people to buy gift cards, not only for his business, but for other businesses as well, to get money to these people immediately. They had collected... Um, they had collected about $5,000 in gift cards to other businesses. And he said at no expense to him, he would foot the bill of the fees and all this other stuff, just trying to funnel it into one location and then get all this stuff out. 
So what happens? After a week of doing this and getting all these different things done, what happens? Wix puts a stop on it. He says the store was the, the website store was closed. All money that they've collected, they've been holding. They haven't gotten anything. Will be re- reviewed under a violation of their terms and services. And if if they determine that uh, that departed souls can get it, it'll take sixty days to get the money. Otherwise, it will be refunded to the purchasers at that time. This is the biggest bunch of nonsense I have ever seen. So. They can't verify where the money is coming from, so they're holding it in perpetuity or refunding it to these people um, because why? And Brian has reached out, tried to get in touch with these people, physically has spoken to people on the phone. They won't release the money. So here's a guy trying to do good, trying to do something for his neighbors at an expense to him at a time when he needs money for his own business. Out of the goodness of his heart, he's trying to do this, and yet you have a company that is preventing this from happening, from moving forward, so these people can get their gift cards, and when businesses reopen, spend that money. Shame on you, Wix. I would never use you for a website, ever. Ever. I know that Untied Brewing had a similar issue with Wix, and they straightened it out. It was a little bit different, but they straightened it out. But it, it's appalling that businesses can do this. I understand that there are, there are people out there who are just not so nice and will do things for profit, but here's a guy who's trying to do something for the right reasons, and you have a company, a corporate entity, that screws them over. Shame on you. That's disgusting. Don't use Wix, folks. If you're thinking about building a website, go to a local guy, okay, who's going to help you out, okay? My buddy Paul Brown uh, puts together websites and stuff. He does a lot of things to help marketing people. Go give him your business. Don't give, don't give an entity like Wix your business. It's not worth it. Yeah, it may be easy and free and this and that. But it's really not worth it at the end of the day. Shame on you, Wicks. You're disgusting. Now, the other story that I wanted to talk about, and we'll get into this with Sean McNulty coming up in the next break. In New Jersey, uh, breweries were allowed to have their uh, ta- their tasting rooms open for to-go sales only, right? So apparently, um, the, there was a Mur- uh, Governor Murphy's executive order allowed for bars, restaurants, and liquor stores to stay open for takeout and home delivery, Right. The breweries thought that this law applied to them as well, but apparently it does not. It did not allow breweries the same delivery freedom. Uh, As Mike Roosevelt uh, says in this article from NJ.com, the executive order was only to allow deliveries by entities that were already licensed to deliver, not any licensee of alcohol, and so breweries previously had had not been given that privilege. The New Jersey Brewers Association is working closely with the governor's office to try to see if we can craft some sort of compromise arrangement or emergency legislation that would allow the brewery to have that privilege. So, essentially, uh, they are stifling the bi- these businesses in New Jersey from delivering beer to people. It's been done amicably. It's been done with you know checking IDs and making sure that everybody's on the up and up. They had to pay for... Um, you know, certifications from uh, the uh, the NJABC to put stickers on their cars to show that they can deliver alcohol so they wouldn't get pulled over by a police officer. So the NJABC collected money from these people, and then all of a sudden, after a week, they said, no, you know what, It's it, it wasn't written in the law, it can't be done. Now look, there's two schools of thought here, and I'm running out of time uh, to really explain it, but I'm going to go over just to just to explain it to you. I think somebody in the restaurant association got the governor's ear and said, hey, they're they're preventing me from making money, they're hurting my business, stop them. That, I think, is one thing. Number two, and we'll get into that with Eric Orlando uh, later on in the program. He might have some insight on this. Number two, this is something that can be easily rectified by the governor by issuing an executive order to temporarily allow the breweries 
to deliver beer in New Jersey temporarily. If this is something they want to do going forward, legislate that. Figure it out. Okay? This is something that Governor Murphy needs to step in now immediately and change it. And I'm recording this on Thursday. Things could change in the next 48 hours, and I hope that it does. Okay? But the bottom line is these breweries are going to go out of business. These people are going to go out of business, and you're going to lose a segment of your, of, of your state that is contributing to the tax revenue of the state, and it needs to be, you need to continue to get this tax revenue in to keep businesses going. Governor Murphy, I implore you, create an executive order immediately. Get these, allow these breweries to temporarily deliver in the state to help people out so they don't have to go out. The whole point of social distancing is that you don't go out. Rant over. We'll get into that more with Eric Orlando in 20 minutes. Coming up next, Sean McNulty from the Selling Craft Beer Podcast. Going to talk about the business of beer all across the United States of America. Folks, we're just getting started on this program, and we'll be back right after this on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Dan Proft says we need to listen to the experts. Science is uh, innovating as quick as possible to respond to the crisis. Let's rely on the experts to tell us what we should understand and also to level with us about what we don't know when we're trying to figure out because we're all adults and we can handle the information even incomplete because you know we have to make decisions without perfect information that's just life the dan proft show weeknights at nine on am 970 the answer it's hard to know who to trust when selling your home. If you're retiring and looking to sell your home, Calamine and Company Real Estate is the best agency for you. They only represent sellers, putting sellers' needs above everything else. Louis Calamine and his team take a client-focused, old-school approach to real estate. Whatever needs to be done to get the deal closed quickly and for top dollar, Calamine and Company Real Estate gets the job done. They also specialize in selling estate-owned properties and are regularly hired by executors and administrators administrators, attorneys, even the surrogates court. And perhaps even most impressive is their 100% success rate. That's right, they sell 100% of properties brought to the market. No other broker can make that claim. Offices in Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, and Staten Island. Call 718-998-1100. That's 718-998-1100. Or go to calamine.com. Clients come first at Calamine and Company Real Estate. This is Dennis Prager, and my friends, they're at it again. The left is doing its best to silence ideas it doesn't like. Hollywood does not want you to see my film, No Safe Spaces, which is why you won't see it on Netflix or Amazon Prime. But now you can watch No Safe Spaces for a limited time at nosafespaces.com. It's time to fight back and protect freedom in America. See No Safe Spaces. It is a great film starring me and Adam Carolla. Go to nosafespaces.com. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. 
to buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you. All you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-555-2085. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-555-2085. 800-555-2085. Take AM 970 The Answer anywhere you go with our mobile app. Get in on iTunes, Google Play, or listen on TuneIn, iHeart, Alexa, or Radio.com. Yeah, we're between a rock and a hard place, that's for sure, when it comes to the beer industry. Welcome back to the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. And my next guest, a podcaster, host of a show called Selling Craft Beer. He gives you all the info you need to know about the business of beer in six minutes or less. He calls it appropriately, uh, appropriately enough The Sixer, and he's on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Check him out on Instagram at Sell Craft Beer or Facebook.com slash Selling Craft Beer. And let me welcome back to the program uh, Sean McNulty. Sean, how are you? Hanging in there, Al. How you doing? Uh, hanging in there. It is. Uh, we are taping this interview on Thursday. Of course, the show airs on Sunday night, so of course things can change between Thursday and Sunday, especially uh, with this uh, with the coronavirus stuff. And it is a crazy time for beer in general. But looking at the numbers, Sean, macro beer sales are actually up. Is that because people are just grabbing what they can instead of being selective? Well, I think it's a couple of factors, Al. I mean, the, the numbers only go through about May, uh, March 14th at this point, so we're not, you know, they're still going to trickle in like, from the real effect of the coronavirus. But number one, you're buying a lot in grocery stores, which is going to be a lot more bulk buying anyway. And you think you're buying for the next two weeks or who knows how long, you know, a four pack isn't going to cut it for you, you know. Right. And number two, you're, you're looking for value. I mean, we know a lot of people are losing their paychecks or don't know if they're going to lose their paycheck. Now is not the time to spring for that, you know, $18, $20 four pack. You want that. 15 pack of all the IPA or whatever you're kind of, you know, Sierra Nevada, Sam Adams, those brands are all spiking, you know, from 10 to 30% in sales. So from a craft point of view, that's been booming a lot. And then obviously big beer comes in 24 and 30 packs and, you know, that, that's hard to compete with that on, on a craft point of view. Yeah, I, I try to tell that to my wife. No, no, no. I need to get the good stuff, no matter what happens. But it doesn't it doesn't normally work that way. However, going right? Well, I'm, try, I'm trying. But however, the yeah. general public who isn't craft beer aware don't really realize how much the tap rooms make in overall sales. The number is quite large, right? Yeah, uh, for craft beer, for independent craft beer, forty percent of their sales are from bars and restaurants and tap rooms. Now, for overall beer in general, that's everything from Bud Light to Founders to White Claw, that's only about 20%. So they're doubly exposed, not just overall craft beer. If you're talking small craft beer, I was listening to Augie, Augie Cart does his podcast, and he was saying, you know, Carton Brewing sells is off the top of his head, but, you know, 70% of his business is, you know, in draft beer. That's gone, you know. Deschutes uh, uh, released some numbers this week. They had some layoffs out in, uh, in Oregon, but 45% of their business is gone right now. Right. So, you know, we're Bud and Bud Light, you know, they're not less than 10% of their business is draft. Another 8% is bottles and cans and bars and restaurants. You know, they're taking a hit, but it's nowhere near what it means to craft beer. Right. And that's, and we're seeing that all over the place. I noticed uh, on Brewbound, um, they're, they're just listing places that uh, yeah. guys have been furloughed. Lost Abbey, uh, Coronado has laid off their sales and marketing uh, teams. Uh, they're doing, all of these places are doing what they can 
to stay afloat. And, you know, obviously when you're a smaller brewer, that is a bigger issue when you have a staff of, say, five and you're trying to keep right. things, you know, rolling. You're trying to keep those people on. And, and a lot of times these people are going to end up getting laid off and you're going to have a one- or two-person operation or you're going to end up having to shut down. Talking with Sean McNulty, podcaster, host of a little show called Selling Craft Beer. Gives you all the info you need to know about beer in six minutes or less. He calls it appropriately enough the Sixer. He's on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Check him out on Instagram at sellcraftbeer or facebook.com slash sellingcraftbeer. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. So I've been talking the last two weeks, Sean, about what New Jersey breweries have done to try and get their product out there. What have you seen from the New York side of things? New York is all about delivery, Al. I mean, everybody, whether it's setting up via, there's a site called Caviar.com, which is you know kind of a delivery, a DoorDash, you know, for, mm-hmm. for food. They've added in craft beer. And then a number of breweries are starting to just add in their own delivery. Uh, L. Wife is doing it. LIC Beer Project's doing it. Uh, Torch and Crown uh, started up in Manhattan and Brooklyn. I think they're adding Queens soon. So that's directly, you go to their website, you know, you add a case of beer, they deliver it. You know, some, the owner of the brewery will show up at your door with the beer, you know. So deliveries become a huge thing because, uh, you know, drafting in New York is very, very important, obviously, with all the amazing beer bars we have. Right. All these guys here are hurting pretty bad. The taproom business is huge, as you know very well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they don't sell too much in, in grocery. And, uh, you know, Whole Foods has a little bit of a craft business in New York City, but they're taking a big hit right now. So for them, you know, in New York City, you can kind of get around. You can get on a bike. You can deliver beer. You know, yep. <laughs> your transportation is a little more open, and it's not as, it's not as you know, widespread. We're in Jersey. You want to deliver, you know, 30 miles away, it's going to take you half the day. Where in New York, you can hit a lot of spots in a short amount of time. So they're turning to delivery for, you know, trying to salvage some sales here while we all figure this out. You know, that's a, that's a fair point. You talk about Torch and Crown on Staten Island. Both Killsborough and Flagship are doing delivery services as well. And I oh, think Killsborough right. uh, was doing a, a thing yesterday, if I'm not mistaken, that they were donating uh, a, a portion yeah. of the proceeds to uh, to the hospitals in the area because they need money to get masks and, and gloves and, and all kinds of other things. But to piggyback on that, you're right. In New, in New York City proper, it is easier to get around in terms of delivery options by going on a bike or, or being able to use other ways to, to deliver. And in New Jersey, that's not always the option because obviously uh, New Jersey is is a highway type of uh, of state. You've got to get in a car to go anywhere. So in New Jersey, th- speaking about that, at first breweries thought that they had the same rules as bars and restaurants in terms of home delivery when Governor Murphy uh, enacted these restrictions uh, last week of the shelter in place and, and wanting people to stay home and saying, okay, you can go and get uh, your stuff from a restaurant, but if you want delivery, you can do that. And he extended it to bars as well as what breweries thought uh, were the same thing. But this past Wednesday, and again, we're taping this interview on Thursday, so things are fluid and can change at any moment. Governor Murphy said on Wednesday, that is not the case. Delivery has stopped. We're not sure if we're going to see it start up again. We're hoping that uh, that it does happen. I know that um, a number of the brewery associations, but there are two of them in New Jersey, are working with the legislature and the governor to try and get it up and running. Uh, do you see this as an opportunity in the future, though, for the laws to be changed in the Garden State? Well, the laws, are, you know, that's a, a larger question. I mean, hopefully it's an opportunity to show that this is a viable business for us. This is a viable revenue stream. It's not hurting other businesses. It's just adding It's allowing us to take in more revenue and employ more people and, quite frankly, pay more taxes in the state of New Jersey. So, you know, the downside is going to be hard to prove. I mean, assuming this gets up, back up and running and, you know, God willing, it will. Right. Uh, it's an opportunity to have a case study where we can point to, unfortunately, probably about a three-month period or whatever it's going to be that, hey, in this period of time, 
we've served all these New Jerseyans, you know, we're very, very happy. We have repeat business, you know, we're paying taxes, we're employing more people for delivery out of, you know, out of the brewery because you got to add more staff. Right. You know, it's hard. It, it makes the case for the restaurant group to be, you know, to come back and say, oh, this is bad for the state of New Jersey. I'm like, that's I, I, a harder case for me to believe. Right. I see. And you know what, uh, Sean, I, I, I'm not the conspiracy theorist, but I am going to put this out there. <laughs> when I saw this happen yesterday on Wednesday. Right. And and they were yeah. saying, oh, my God, they stopped. They stopped delivering. They stopped delivering. I get the sense that somebody and I don't know this for sure. Again, this is just a little conspiracy thing in my head. I, I, I am sure that somebody from the restaurant lobby got into Governor Murphy's ear and said, hey, we're losing business. These guys are taking business away from us and wanted him to put a stop to it, and they did immediately. Because I can't imagine that the governor, with all of the other things that are going on, that they're putting out all these numbers every day of of people who have tested positive for coronavirus, how many people have died, that all of a sudden this seemed to be the most important thing to get out there to prevent these guys from making a buck. Right? It's astounding. It is. I, I, I mean, I, look, I'll, I'm right next to the conspiracy theory, and I don't think this is a conspiracy, Al. I mean, how else? You tell me what another, another reason why Governor actually said it. In the middle of all this during his daily press conferences, oh, by the way, brewers are delivering beer? Oh, we got to stop that right now. Right. You know, I mean, who? You know, it's, it's obviously something happened back there. It was a knee-jerk reaction. I think if he doesn't fix it, you know, New Jersey's going to remember this for a long time. He's been a pro, you know, he's on the face of things trying to be a pro-brewery, you know, uh, politician. Uh, you know, if this maintains, I don't see how he, anybody looks in the, uh, with a straight face in the, in the future about this. Uh, you know, Sean, you, you said it best. On the face, he seems to be a New Jersey beer guy. And they just put in, in drum thwack it all. We're going to be serving only New Jersey yeah. beer and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But if he really wanted to help the New Jersey brewers, and by the way, he ta- he's talked about, and I don't mean to make this political, but he's talked about how they need more revenue for the state even before the coronavirus outbreak. They need more revenue. They need more tax revenue. Will you have a burgeoning business that is doing well and paying taxes to the state? Why are you trying to stifle them again and again and again? And this seems to be just another way of, of them try- of the, the governor and maybe the legislature of trying to stifle them. Uh, talking with Sean McNulty, podcaster, host of a show called Selling Craft Beer. Gives you all the info you need to know about the business of beer in six minutes or less. Calls it appropriately enough. The Sixer, he's on iTunes, Google Plays, on all these different platforms. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Last one from me, Sean, and it's, maybe it seems like the obvious question, but maybe not. So during the quarantine, during the lockdown, you're going out and you're trying to do a little bit of research when you can. What are you drinking in the bunker? Uh, Al, I'm going to tell you right now a little bit. I've been exploring non-alcoholic beer for a little bit. There's a couple of reasons I'll tell you why. I mean, number one, it's a growing category. It's up 48% this year so far. And it's a category where you can have the beer shipped to you. So this is an ideal time (laughs) to kind of explore what people are doing in non-alcoholic beer. There's a brewery called Athletic Brewing, which you may be familiar with. Mm -hmm. They're out of Stanford, Connecticut. Uh, They're in New York. They're coming to New Jersey this summer, supposedly. They just got $17.5 million in funding to open a new brewery uh, to take a ballast point facility in California. So I've been uh, taking the time to, you know, I'm staying inside a lot, not going out as much. A little, little less alcohol is not a bad thing, so I've been exploring that. And then in addition to that, I've just been going to my neighborhood brewery. I live within I'm in Long Island City in Queens. i got four breweries and a five-minute walk. Nice. So I'm buying lo- as local as you can get. Yep, that's what I'm doing. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to hit a different brewery every couple of days to pick up yep. stuff and, and, and do what I can to support these guys because that's very important. Sean, thanks so much for joining me uh, tonight. I very much appreciate it, and uh, we, will try, we will chat soon. And hopefully when this is all over, we'll get together for a beer. 
I look forward to a toast now. Sounds good. Up next, Eric Orlando, the executive director of the Brewers Guild of New Jersey, will join me right here on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. News, opinion, passion. This is AM 970, The Answer. It's overcast at 45 degrees. What's going on? We have the answer. The NYPD is releasing surveillance photos of a man wanted for questioning in connection to a deadly fire in a Harlem subway station last week. MTA train operator Garrett Goebel was killed Friday morning at the West 110th Street and Lexington Avenue subway station. The 36-year-old Goebel heroically saved passengers' lives, helping them onto the platform before he was found unconscious on the tracks. The NYPD and MTA are offering an over $50,000 reward for information leading to an arrest. Amazon employees on Staten Island plan to walk off the job on Monday following allegations the retail giant mishandled its response to the ongoing pandemic. Employees are protesting the company's decision to keep the warehouse open despite news of a confirmed COVID-19 case there last week. In sports, two Chicago Cubs employees who attended an annual training session at Wrigley Field on March 8th have tested positive for the COVID-19 virus. One was hospitalized and the other is recovering at home. Traffic delays? Well, construction continues. Right lane closed for emergency road work in the south tube of the Lincoln Tunnel anticipates some delays. As for the Holland Tunnel, not too bad of a ride. GWB minor delays inbound or outbound on the upper levels. Keep in mind, Port Authority crossings to New York now have cashless tolling. Once you get into the city, parking rules, meter rules are in effect citywide. It's your alternate side parking rules that will be suspended through March 31st. Weather for tonight, patchy fog. Otherwise, mostly cloudy lows will drop to about 45 degrees. For Monday, we'll see some showers uh, after 2 p.m., otherwise partly sunny, high near 58. And then some showers are possible on Tuesday early on, and then highs near 50. Now you know what's going on. I'm Amy Salerno and AIM 970, The Answer. Relief factor, pain relief that's natural, pain relief that works, and pain relief that attacks the source of the pain. I've come from the doctor's clinic this morning, 28 staples out of my knee, and I am not taking painkillers. Why? Because I don't need to. I'm taking relief factor. Yes, it's a triple dose, but it doesn't have any negative side effects. And I am doing just fine. Thank you very much. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking relief factor right now. See their incredible video endorsements at relieffactor.com and then order your three-week quick starter pack for just $19.95. That's less than a dollar a day. That's truly remarkable to be liberated from your pain for less than a dollar a day. Find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today. Go right now. ReliefFactor.com. ReliefFactor.com. This is your opportunity to be the next success story. Listen to Joe Piscopo in the morning, weekdays at 6. Mike Gallagher at 10 on AM 970. The Answer. Well, even though this song is not about social distancing, it is certainly about social uh, social distancing. Now, don't stand so close to me from the police and Sting as we're back here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, 
And uh, my next guest on the program is the executive director of the Brewers Guild in New Jersey. If you've been reading the news the last couple of days, you know that there have been changes in regards to uh, tasting rooms and selling beer and tap rooms in the state of New Jersey and also delivering uh, beers, which was permitted at first, but now there's been a change in that. So let's dive right into it. And again, we're taping this interview on a Friday at 1030 in the morning. So obviously things can change over the next, um, you know, 48 hours. But by the time the show airs. So if there are changes, we will, of course, post it via social media. But let me welcome back to the program, uh, Eric Orlando, the executive director of the Brewers Guild in New Jersey. Eric, how are you? Doing well in these these very uncertain times there, Thanks for having me on. You got it, Eric. And I, I totally understand that. I mean, I still have to come into New York City, and it is I, – I have never seen New York City uh, as empty as it has ever been. Even on a holiday, you see some traffic. And now I can leave my office in lower Manhattan, and I'm at the Holland Tunnel in less than five minutes. So it is kind of a, a very eerie, eerie type of feeling. But as of today, Friday, as we're taping this interview, New Jersey brewers are not allowed to deliver beer to people's home, which was – happening over the last week and a half or so when the governor said that um, breweries were allowed to do this. What happened that Governor Murphy and the NJABC stopped this when brewers thought that, we'd be, uh, that they would be allowed to? So it's really important to kind of go back even maybe 10 days or two weeks ago. So when all of this, you know, this situation was evolving, we had been told by ABC and the, the craft beverage industry as a whole was kind of called on to a collective conference call with with ABC. So it was not only the brewers, but it was also the wineries, the distilleries, the meateries, the cideries to say, okay, this is the plan that we're going to go with, um, according to the executive order that was being drafted. That was going to allow all of us to not only keep our businesses open, keep producing beer um, and sell it from the breweries, but also have this delivery privilege. And we were told that, you know, this is how you do it. You get a transit insignia permit on each of your vehicles, you can take orders, you can even have delivery charges, and you can deliver it to somebody's door. So we were, at that time, actually kind of surprised we were getting that right, because in the past, you know, some of these different, even minor changes to laws and regulations was like, you know, was, was uh, like an iceberg. We were, it was right. impossible to move. Um, so that amount of flexibility was, was greatly appreciated. And, you know, we got the word out um, to all our breweries in the state, and, you know, it seemed to be working out. You know, this, this new normal we're kind of living in now, mm-hmm. businesses were starting to be built around that concept. A couple mornings ago, and this was kind of, it was a shock, I think, to, to many in the industry. Um, we had gotten contacted by the state ABC saying that, you know, there was a, an interpretation happening of what the latest executive order was um, for all essential and non-essential businesses in that the way they had read the brewery statutes in the state of New Jersey, we were no longer going to be afforded the same delivery privileges as uh, bars, liquor stores, and restaurants. Um, there was literally people promoting deliveries that day with beer on the on their truck and in cars going to people's houses as that news broke. So we had to jump to action and say, hold off, hold off, you know, don't do it. You're, you're according to, you know, state law, you're doing something illegal. We have to figure this out, um, and it's still a situation that we're in limbo as of this morning that we haven't been given any direction aside from that the state is working on it and that we might need to get legislation done in the next couple of weeks to restore this privilege. Right. So, if no, All right, so if nothing changes today, what can folks in New Jersey do to move this forward? So the one thing that we've been asking uh, breweries in our our guild, and I know other craft beverage uh, industry groups have, 
has been simply to, you know, contact your local officials, whether it be, you know, local township officials, county freeholders, your local legislator, to ask them to weigh in with the governor's office to do whatever they can uh, in the near term to um, allow delivery privileges to be restored to all the craft beverage industry in the state of New Jersey. So that's beer, wine, spirits, meat, and cider. Um, Also, too, there are various different resources online, whether it be through the New Jersey legislative website or actually through the governor's website, that simply fill out a form um, to indicate your restored of this privilege. I could tell you um, in my interaction over the past few days with both folks in the legislature and in the governor's office, folks' voices being heard. Um, hmm. You know, there's been dozens of legislators um, that have called in directly into the governor's office asking us to do something about this. You know, myself, other folks in the beer industry have heard from local legislators saying that they're ready and willing to do a legislation if need be to restore this privilege as soon as they can. Um, also, some of the national trade organizations, including the Beer Institute and the uh, National Brewers Association, have weighed in with the governor's office to ask them to restore this privilege. Because the way they see this is that if we're following uh, a script along with some of our nearby states like Delaware, Pennsylvania, New York, Connecticut, that's allowing this privilege, why should New Jersey be any different? Right. I, I, um, I totally I, understand. See, that was going to be my next point. Like, if other places, if other states are allowing this to happen, why is New Jersey behind the eight ball again and not allowing it when it could take a very simple, and we're talking with Eric Orlando, the executive director of the Brewers Guild of New Jersey here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, the answer, when it would take a, a very simple executive order or legislation to, to pass it. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. We're trying to you're trying to build a business here and ha- allow businesses to survive in this major economic downturn, and it doesn't make sense to me that New Jersey once again is so far behind the eight ball. And of course, Al, I don't want to make this issue to be to be a level and extent that you know all of the other much bigger issues in this crisis we're all right. dealing with, including trying to help our hospitals, our healthcare workers, our frontline frontline public safety personnel in dealing with this crisis. We understand where in the hierarchy of importance this industry and this issue should be, no doubt. Yeah. But just like you said, it's, it's a, it seems like a simple enough thing to address, being that it seems that it was rooted either in some type of miscommunication or misinterpretation of what was supposed to be allowed in the most recent executive order and how it potentially conflicts with, with New Jersey law. Right. So if that's the case, I think we've had enough conversations with folks in the powers that be in the state, whether it be in ABC or in the governor's office in the legislature, that a quick fix could happen. It could happen within the next few days. It could happen within the next few hours, in fact. Right. Um, that right. they just do that, at least on a temporary basis, to allow these businesses to keep doing it. Because I could tell you, I've had conversations with folks in the industry in the past 48 hours, mm. and there are jobs in this industry right now that are purely supported by this delivery provision. Right. These were folks that were working in tasting rooms that were, were doing that and that that was their role. It was to pour beer in the tasting rooms for five days a week. You can't do that anymore in the school of Right. So these people are now being transitioned to delivery drivers. If this delivery provision goes away for another few weeks or permanently – these folks will not have jobs anymore. Correct, and that just will only increase the unemployment rate in New Jersey. See, the absurdity to me about all of this, Eric, is the fact that 
Um, you, the governor is, t- is saying to people, stay home. Don't go out. Social distancing. We get it. We're allowing liquor stores to deliver. We're allowing certain businesses to deliver. Well, this is something that you can prevent people from going out and picking up and have somebody deliver it to your home. So, again, on the face, it makes absolute sense for this to happen. You're keeping people home and only allowing a limited amount of people to get around to make these deliveries. It just makes sense. And this is me thinking out loud here, Eric, because uh, I, I, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but it makes me think when I see these things happen. I'm wondering if somebody from the restaurant industry got into the governor's ear or somebody close to the governor to say, hey, wait a second, I'm losing profits why should these people benefit if my restaurant, maybe I can't do takeout and I'm closed, but these guys can do takeout? I'm, I, it's, again, I'm just thinking out loud. I don't expect an answer. I, just one of those, you know, it's one of those things where you go, oh, I don't know, you know, because everybody else is doing it, but New Jersey seems to have put a stop to it. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, Al, I've, I've read certain kind of theories like that. I don't, I don't think that's the case. I think this is more just less just a simple kind of misinterpretation, miscommunication of what was to be allowed. I would say this, that, you know, a lot of the folks in my association are still consistently working with various distribution outlets and right. we value those. I could tell you that when this started to unfold, um, the ABC gave us some ability to try to get more of the beer that was intended to be in tasting rooms out into the marketplace to folks like liquor stores and restaurants mm-hmm. um, so that they could sell product as well. And that, you know, this product that honestly would have been dumped down the drain, except for some some exceptions made to certain things at the uh, the regulatory level. Right. So, you know, I, I very much want to maintain those those good relationships with those local bars and restaurants, which in this in this, you know, environment is, you know, one of the few revenue streams that's still coming into breweries and one of the few marketplaces that are still open to them. hundred percent, hundred percent, Eric. Uh, and we're talking with Eric Orlando, the executive director of the Brewers Guild in New Jersey here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, of course, I can spout that little conspiracy theory thing because, again, I don't have a stake in all of this, but I, I, you know, again, it's one of those, I think you're right. I think you have to maintain those relationships. Real quick, last one for me, Eric, during this quarantine, what are you drinking while you're hunkered down in the bunker? A lot of Keen and a lot of Magnify. <laughs> <laughs> I stocked. I stocked up. Um, I think it was about the end of February. Uh, with all and also a lot of Galera Snow, by the way. Oh, good. Um, a good. lot of stuff from there. So I've been kind of dwindling a few cases of that along the way. Um, and I'm looking at my closet, and I, I might need to make one of those emergency trips to a, a local retailer um, or hopefully get a delivery at some point to my home because I maybe have only a, maybe a week or two left of my stockpile. <laughs> uh, see, I, I have my barrel-aged stuff sitting in the back from, from various places, so I know if I go if, if I start losing what I got in my refrigerator, I got a little bit of a supply, but I get it. My guest has been Eric Orlando, the executive director of the Brewers Guild in New Jersey. Uh, Eric, thanks so much for joining me tonight. And, of course, uh, as soon as we get an update on things, uh, we'd love to have you back on. And uh, maybe this is something for down the road that once things start to get back to normal, maybe in six, you know, in six months or whatever, when things kind of relax down, maybe this is something New Jer- the Garden State can kind of loosen some regula- restrictions, maybe help everybody out in terms of businesses. But that's a story for another time. Eric, thanks so much for joining me tonight. Very much appreciate it. Thank you, Al, and uh, be safe, everybody. You got it. Up next, time for Suds and Duds on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. We always hear that elections have consequences. When Democrats took over the House, it led to the impeachment of an elected president. 
This radio station wants every listener to focus on what's important. How do we save America from the forces that want to tear it apart? How do we make sure we save America for our kids and our grandkids? The hosts of this station need you to engage in the fight. We need you to register to vote. Elections have consequences. Make sure you are part of the solution. AM 970, the answer. This is Owen Strand for townhall.com. Are borders a bad thing or a good thing? In recent years, we've seen a lively debate on the issue, with conservatives taking a pounding for enforced borders and responsible immigration policy. The very notion of a nation having borders and a careful framework for welcoming immigrants to protect citizens has been characterized as backward, racist, even evil. The coronavirus pandemic has shifted the conversation. The same people calling for open borders are now calling for restrictions on travel. In an ironic twist that they might not see themselves, the left has suddenly become pro-nation state and pro-borders, not just between countries, but between individuals. The global crisis is giving us all a master class in why security matters, why nations matter, and why leftist ideas don't work. Unimpeded globalism sounds great on Twitter, but works poorly in the real world. Borders aren't evil. They're necessary and therefore are good. I'm Owen Strand. The Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Impacting policy decisions today. Preparing public leaders for tomorrow. Every year, our sister station, WMCA, holds a special event where they give back to the hardworking pastors in our community. This year, we want to invite all pastors to join WMCA and keynote speaker Dr. Tony Evans of The Urban Alternative on May 29th for the Pastors Appreciation Breakfast and Ministry Exhibition at Anton's in Queens Village. Complimentary tickets for pastors can be ordered at WMCA.com. Listeners can purchase their tickets at WMCA.com as well. The Pastors Appreciation Breakfast is sponsored by Nyack College. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or radio.com. I know, a little, little dark humor there. Don't fear the Reaper, Blue Oyster Cult, boys from Long Island. Welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, of course, the final segment of the show is always Suds and Duds. You can follow me very easily on Twitter at Algatulo, Instagram at Gatulo, G A T U L O, Facebook.com slash A G Craft Beer Cast via email at Albert G at NYCRadio.com. Uh, iTunes and Google Play. Just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can find all the shows on those two platforms. Alexa Ready 2, we're on radio.com and the Hopped Up Network as well. A couple quick things uh, before we get out of here. Uh, the world's biggest beer company now making hand sanitizer, Anheuser-Busch, using its beer-making supplies to make the liquid gel, and it is working with the Red Cross to determine which communities need it the most. Bottles of Anheuser-Busch hand sanitizer are inscribed with the message, it's in all our hands to make a difference. Kudos to Anheuser-Busch for putting their massive operation to work making hand sanitizers. I know there's local distilleries in Jersey and New York and other places around the country that are not making uh, uh, whiskey and gin and all kinds of stuff, but using those things to make hand sanitizer to help and give away uh, to people, to hospitals, and those that that need it. That is awesome. That's what I like to see, people coming together and helping out. One of the other things that people can do to help out uh, from a 
local and a national standpoint. Other Half is putting together a collaboration. Uh, they announced it a couple of days ago. It's called All Together. It's a worldwide open-ended beer collaboration created to raise support for the industry we love so much. It's an effort to raise awareness and provide relief, even in the smallest way, to those who are struggling. We're inviting any and all brewers from any corner of the planet to participate. The recipe is open source. The artwork is public, and the name is yours to use. The goal is to provide you with the tools to make the beer at the lowest possible cost. We ask that a portion of the proceeds go to supporting hospitality professionals in your community. The rest should go to keeping you in business to weather this storm. As much as this is about raising money, this is also an exercise in awareness so that local communities can understand how daily life has been upended for those that rely on social gathering to make a living. At the end of the day, this is all about this is about what it's always been about, community. While we may not be able to come together in person right now, that spirit can never be taken away from us. If we do our part, part to protect and support each other, that spirit can actually be strengthened, be safe, be good to one another. We're all in this together. Head to All Together Beer at the link in our profile to get involved. Uh, that is from Other Half. You can check out their Facebook page. Now, a couple of breweries in New Jersey have already jumped on board. Source has jumped on board. Carton has jumped on board. Icarus has jumped on board, and so is Bolero. I'm not sure of the others that have jumped on board with this yet. If, you, if you're listening to the show and you're volunteering to do this all together, please let me know via social media. I will get the word out there. When this, it, it will be an IPA at about 6.5%. The recipe is going to be open to the public um, so that the breweries can brew this. If you're home and a home brewer and you want to brew it, uh, I think that's really cool too. And so... Uh, this is something that other half is putting together to help support these industries that right now are having a tough time making a living, and it is important that we all do our part in order to get this done. I'm going to mention the beers that I've had. Uh, most of them were local. I think one of them was national in just a moment. But one little caveat. Actually, no, I'm going to make the caveat at the end of the show. I'm going to remind myself to do this in a couple of minutes uh, because we still, as of Friday, as I'm taping this at around 10.20 in the morning, uh, we still haven't had a resolution from New Jersey about New Jersey breweries being able to deliver goods uh, to people's homes. Had a hoofah by Bolero Snort, a big stovepipe can of this, a fantastic pilsner from these guys. Go to Bolero, support them if you can. They're two minutes from Giant Sta- from MetLife Stadium. I keep calling it Giant Stadium. Right off of Route 17, they'll do, they'll do, you pull into the parking lot, the loading dock is right there, you'll see it, boom, they'll come out. You beer, you, you you pay your money, boom, you're in and out in five minutes. You don't even have to touch anybody if you don't want to. Uh, had the last can of my Juicy Pebbles from Bolero. Fantastic beer. Can't wait for them to make more of this. Uh, had a chance to try the Single Silo Series, the Ultra Sabro from Source, which I picked up uh, a week ago. Creamy coconut, slight kiss of, of the tangerine in this beer. A fantastic beer, very creamy. I, I had forgotten that Stone had sent me about a oh god it's got to be about a month ago uh their Buena Vesa a salt and lime lager this to me is an elevated corona beer it tastes way better of course than a corona and you don't need to add any lime to it the lime and salt are both subtle they're not overpowering it is an excellent excellent beer very very good kudos to the folks from Stone i know their four enjoyed by 420 is out very dank and hazy uh, hopefully i can get that at the stores uh, coming up very soon. Uh, supported my local brewery, Wet Ticket, by heading over and picking up a couple of crowlers from them. One of them I cracked open last weekend, the perfectly played Pilsner. And as I said on Untapped, which you can follow me there, at Gatulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, it goes great with a peanut butter sandwich because I felt like having a peanut butter sandwich last week uh, for dinner. So I had the uh, crowler of that, uh, an under 5% beer, excellent Pilsner, crisp, 
delicious. Uh, just well done by the boys at Wet Ticket. I know they were only open Friday and Saturday. Uh, Thursday and Friday? Was it Thursday and Friday? Uh, Friday and Saturday, something like that. I know they're having a rough go of it. You've got to support these local breweries, folks. You've got to. If you're, if you're a fan of theirs, if you like their beer, make the effort. You can go out and get those essential things, beer and liquor apparently being the essential thing in New Jersey uh, as well as New York. If you can get out there and support those guys, do it. It's very important. It's what keeps them in business. And then finally, uh, the Ambrosia Milkshake, which Source actually canned. Uh, this is way better the second time around. So good, smooth, citrus flavor. It's just a great beer. Source is doing some great things. And hopefully by next week we're going to have an announcement about some stuff that uh, this program and Source will be doing together. Uh, everything's not finalized yet. We're close. We're, we're, about, we're about 90% there. And um, hopefully for next week's show, I'll be able to announce uh, some things uh, doing with the uh, the guys from Source. They just have a fantastic brewery, and I can't wait until all of this is over with and we get on with our normal lives again, which may take a little while. It might take a month or two uh, before we're back to normal. I, my prediction is probably about two months uh, before we're back to normal, but we're going to get there, folks. Just remember, we're going to get there. Social distancing, stay in, wash your hands, make sure you avoid contact with people that are sick, and if you're sick, stay home. That's the most important thing. All right, before we get out of here, I got a couple minutes, uh, and I'm I'm going to tweet out this story uh, sometime over the weekend, and I'll tweet it again during the show. Tara Nuren did a great piece on the um, what is going on with the New Jersey breweries. We still don't have a resolution uh, from Governor Murphy um, because it was against the law to to have these breweries delivering uh, beer. It was never written in the statute, and the NJABC had told Governor Murphy. Um, that this couldn't happen, and Murphy put a stop to it on Wednesday. I I contend somebody from the restaurant industry got into Murphy's ear and said, you can't do this, we're losing business. And I hope that that is not the case. Um, I I definitely hope that that is not the case, but we shall see. Uh, But again, as of Friday morning at about 10.30, there has been no resolution. If there is a resolution over the weekend, I will certainly tweet that information out, and we'll, um, we'll back you up on that. But here's the problem that I have with this. Uh, from the governor. So the gov- Governor Murphy is telling people to stay indoors, only go out for essential things. Uh, food is essential. Uh, picking up prescriptions from a pharmacy is, uh, is um, essential. And going to the liquor store is essential. And he also said going to the brewery is essential. Now, you can't congregate in there, but you can pick up beer. But why is, it, why is he allowing restaurants and liquor stores to deliver to people's homes and breweries are not allowed to? It makes zero sense. He could end this today with an executive order, temporary, to allow the breweries to stay in business by delivering. These people had to hire people to deliver, to drive around in their cars at great personal risk to themselves. They had to pay the NJABC money to get stickers put on their car so they wouldn't get pulled over by a cop. And if they did get pulled over by a cop, to say, listen, I'm delivering beer, I'm going to this residence. Everything has been done on the up and up. Everything that the brewers have bent over backwards to agree to the to, to to help people out here. Why is Governor Murphy not doing something? I get it. Somebody's going to be listening to this and say, "Listen, people are dying, people are sick." I understand that, but this would take the governor literally sixty seconds. Write an executive order, sign it, be done with it. That's it. That's all you have to do. I don't understand it, and it incenses me that that they say, "Oh, it's okay," and then all of a sudden. Nope, the law doesn't allow it. Why doesn't the law allow it? Because I think somebody got into the governor's ear. Somebody from the restaurant industry got in his ear because somebody at a restaurant is 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 butthurt that they're not making any business. 
and they have to shut down. And why should the brewery make business? That's where it is. And that's where I think the restaurant industry, if it's true, is wrong. We should be coming together and helping people, not hurting people. We're all in this together. If everyone's business succeeds, they stay open. And the economy won't take a nosedive or an even bigger nosedive than it's taking right now. I'm off my soapbox. Listen, I want to thank my guests, uh, Sean McNulty from Selling Craft Beer, Eric Orlando, the executive director of the Brewers Guild in New Jersey, and, of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. I'm back Monday on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m. This has been the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, stay inside, wash your hands, social distancing, have a great beer. Cheers, everybody.